Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs, to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 42. A small but ominous storm cloud gathers directly over the dragon turtle. And just like that, there is an enormous thunder crack and lightning strike right into the dragon turtle. Uh And standing where that bolt hit is a very much alive (gasps) and well-rested Bunny DePain. Yeah! (laughs) Wow! Bunny's an angel. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm confused. Well, in order to better understand the present, one must take a look at the past. In particular, the moments after Bunny DePain was killed by a tiny knoll. It, it's always the little ones that get you, man. I, I knew that I had their gooses cooked. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got lucky, they got lucky. At, in the end, the dice decided. The dice always decide, man. That's the beauty of the game. So there's darkness. There's nothingness. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine uh, I'm kind of like, you ever, there was this PBS show Ghost Rider where he was just like a little ball that existed and floated around as a consciousness. That's what I, I would imagine Bunny is at the moment. Sure. Passage of time is weird. Like you don't sense time at all. So you don't know if this nothingness is like a minute or a day or three days or a hundred years. You just, You don't know. Is it like blackness? Is it like, uh, is there like stars in the distant sky? Or am I just amongst the ether? Ether, nothingness. Okay, truly nothing, okay. And then all of a sudden there is something. You're standing, Bunny DePain, standing on a road. No stab wounds as you look down at your body. You're wearing your favorite wrestling outfit, if you would describe that to me. My favorite one, you know, it was to fit the ice motif. Uh, I got this, like, uh, it's spandex, but it's got this, like, deep V, but it's almost, like, inverted because it almost looks like icicles hanging down, like, headed towards my abs. And then I got fringe all along the arms. And on the back, in uh, rhinestones, it says ice cold. You've worn that quite a bit, and it got heavily damaged a number of times. Yeah, I've been stabbed a lot. (laughs) It's a habit with you. Uh, You look down, and your clothing is pristine. You are clean. You're not injured at all. As you look around, you're standing in the middle of a road. Thick rows of fruit trees line this road, and there's apples and pears and things like hanging down and kind of in your face. Can I, like, reach out and grab, like... A pear or an apple yeah. just to see if it's, this is real, like if my hand will go through it. Sure. Like, am I corporeal, you know? Very real. Um, I reach and I grab an apple. Absolutely real. Yes. I got to take a bite. Take a big bite. It's the best apple you've ever had. I don't know. Brayburn or Gala. I oh. don't know. Honeycrisp. I'm a sucker for with those, like, uh, yellow-ish apples. I don't know why. Maybe it's the sweetness. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those. I'm a sucker for a good yellow one. So as you look up one end of the road... It's just road as far as you can see. It doesn't really change. You look the other way, you see there's a clearing up ahead. I'm, I'm going to head towards the clearing because it looks like there might be life there. Yeah. Well, I guess after life in my scenario. Yeah. You, you walk up to this clearing and as you kind of round the corner and you see into the clearing, you see there is a cottage there and it is identical to your grandfather Orlando Dupain's cottage. What does that look like? Grandpa Orlando's house? Yeah. So 
Part of our, the reason they've always said that the, the pains are so big and strong is because we have this like little like family ritual we do, uh, which is we carry stones. And like, if you've ever seen like the old ESPN Strongman competition, yeah. like there's like larger and larger stones headed like up towards the house. And we all start when we're like small, carrying like small stones. And as we get bigger, how some families like mark the heights on like the wall, we would uh, mark it by like what stone can you carry this year? As in like how much more weight of the family name can you carry as you get older into adulthood? Wow. So I definitely see those set it up there. That's amazing. Thank you for the visual. Incredible. It is your grandfather's cottage in every way and in every sense, including the aroma that is coming out of the open windows of the cottage. Now, your grandmother was known for one special thing that she made or, or baked. Uh, her name was Elvira, by the way. You mentioned that. I saw that in my old notes. What was Elvira famous for? Oh, Elvira uh, Dupain. Like, her thing was... It's probably the reason Grandpa said he fell in love with it. Uh, she makes a uh, like lemon cake to, that would just he'd conquer the world for basically. Oh man! And it's like it's not like it's 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 almost got like the perfect level of like uh, tartness to it because you know lemon with lemon cakes a lot of times people try to like overdo <laughs> on the sweet end, but just a little bit of tart that goes perfect with coffee. My grandpa would say, and I try to sip uh, you know sips of this like black <laughs> coffee to try to like you know yeah. be an adult, but yeah. I definitely can smell that then. That is exactly what you smell. And uh, the door, it's, it's practically inviting you in. Uh, th that feeling that you had when you were a kid, you never knocked when you were a kid. You just ran on in to, to grandpa and grandma's cottage, you know? Yeah, I just go into the cottage. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm. This is family. Yeah, you're home. You're home, really. You are. Yeah. And as you run in, uh, you see your grandma Elvira in the kitchen, and she waves at you. She's holding up a big slab of this uh, famous lemon cake fresh out of the oven. Uh, and you see your grandfather, Orlando. He is sitting at his favorite chair in front of the fireplace with his feet up on a little footstool. And, of course, he's got a big hole in one of his socks. His toes always poking through. <laughs> he was a large man. He had the, the feet of a bugbear, some people used to say. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm stunned for a second because age and life and, like, going to the monasteries, I, it's, been a, it's been a really long time since I've seen him. But also, I, I remember, like, even my dad, my brother, as strong as the men in my family are, my grandfather, he... Um, carried a lot of weight you know a lot of gravitas so i'm almost as nervous as i used to be when i would like ask him to take me on trips to the village but i i, I sheepishly say like uh, hi grandpa your grandfather turns around and he has a big grin on his face the final time that you saw your grandfather uh before he passed away which was decades ago now uh, he was kind of salt and pepper. He was going mostly white. His beard was well-kept and very short and well-trimmed, uh, but also, like, going white. He was uh, becoming an old man, and uh, he was still very fit, and he was still very strong. Uh, eventually, you know, that, that fades away through time, and you can see that your grandfather looks like he probably did about the time that he passed. His hair is now completely white, and his beard also the same. And he says to you, welcome to the great after, Bunny. I'm really dead? What? That's it? Yeah, yeah, you died, Bunny. Grandpa, when you were in the military, did you ever lose a battle that you were so sure you were supposed to win or 
that you had more to do and you didn't get to accomplish. Because that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. He chuckles and he says, Bunny, you got your mom's feet, but you got the Depain <laughs> curse. What? The Depain curse? You know what the Depain curse is? No, sir. Hubris. <laughs> we do expect a lot out of the world and ourselves. It's part of the reason why I was so eager to leave home. I can never be you or my dad or my brother. You guys are so stoic and I wanted to entertain and save the world in my own way. Hubris, Bunny. Hubris is a good way to put it. I want to be, <laughs> yeah, yes, sir, yeah. You've been impersonating me too, I hear, and he strokes his thick white beard. <laughs> the world's greatest thief, Orlando Depain, was it? Uh, well, in my defense, um, sometimes when you're when you're when you're in wrestling, you know, you got to be a character. And so I was trying to intimidate these guys with the, the toughest, most confident man I knew, which was you. So, um. I would argue, Gramps, it was a dedicated performance. Yeah. How, what did you think of it? I, I kind of look like it. I mean, I got a, a little less gray on top of the noggin, you know, but I thought I, had, I almost had your voice. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did a fine job against those gnolls. It's the little ones, you know? You said it yourself. You should have done something else. But that overconfidence, that overconfidence kicks in. When I met my end, remember, I, I went up to fix the roof of the cottage, and I, I should have just hired someone to fix the roof of the cottage. And grandmother, she warned you. Like, but no one in the world could ever tell you that you couldn't do something. Hubris. Hubris, exactly. But I went out my own way. Same. I was doing something that that made me happy. I went out trying to help the people I cared about. Yeah, it's good to have friends. You have friends. You have very good friends. For the first time, like, bouncing around, like, everyone at the gyms are always my rivals, you know? So how close can you get to someone who you may have to dropkick later? But finding these... They're so weird, Gramps. Like, there's this, like, one bad who, like, poops on stuff, but, like, he's also, like, super, like, smart. And then there's, like, Clubhead. I don't know if you would, like want to chop him down but he's like so endearing and then like Silbeth, i'm a little scared of her because when she feels stuff like it can like explode and in a different way than when i feel stuff it's like she actually can like make things happen but like they're they're amazing and i feel seen and i don't know if i ever truly felt seen as much by the family as i have them truthfully say i have something for you uh two things two gifts these were offerings by the Dukes, Turtle and Crow. You know, those two really like the DePayne fighting system. Big fans of my book. So let me get this out. He pulls up this uh, this big chest. Okay. I need you to make two rolls, D100s, for the table of potentially decent random stuff. Uh, I have a 24 and then a 19. Let's start with the 19. Uh, he opens up this chest. Uh, the first one is a small pouch, a leather pouch, and uh, he, he dumps it out in his hand and there are some tiny gems in there. Though it's, it's not worth a ton, but it's a very special gift. 20, 20 gold pieces worth of tiny gems there. Yeah. And then the other one you rolled was a 24. He holds up a delicate hand-blown glass egg. It's the size of a small chicken egg. No, what is that? The shell is translucent green, and it appears to contain a cloud of white smoke. This 
is a dust egg. You smash it on the ground, it puffs out a cloud of dust. I get my own entrance smoke is what you're saying? Well, just one time. I mean, you can't put it back in. Oh. But if you need to escape something or... Maybe not get stabbed so easy. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, there you go, Bunny. Uh, oh, look, your grandmother's got the lemon cake and you want a cup of coffee? Actually, I, I would love nothing more than some cake and some coffee. What do you guys do here? <laughs> maybe it's just because it just happened and I'm still in like, my life is going to continue mode, but this is it? Not, not that I'm not grateful, but this is it? This is the thing that we loved more than anything else. Where else are we going to go? What else are we going to do? This is our bliss right here. You got to live your entire life. I think maybe that's why I'm just deflated. I had more. I know I had more. Your grandmother brings the lemon cake and big cup of coffee for you. You guys enjoy however long you want to just hang out and chat and catch up uh, on, you know, things that have happened since your grandparents have passed. But at one point, you notice a door start to appear on the wall. It's a very ornately carved door, and there's a fresco carved into it. It looks like an enormous banquet hall. Tables and tables and tables full of adventurers hoisting mugs of ale and mead. It, it really does appear, and it starts to kind of glow yellow. And your grandfather says, well, I guess it's time for you to go, Bunny. Go where? Well, wherever it is you've got to go. Your journey's not done. Thank you. I think I needed to... See people who knew me before I was ice cold to slap monsoon. Um, you're right. I, hubris is something that I will work on. I I am who I am. But yeah, thank you. You're a good man, Bunny. Uh, I, I'm I'm proud to call you a Depain. Thank you, sir. I'm I'm proud to be a Depain. And you know what? Uh, I'll try to impersonate you a little better next time. While you're watching me. At least win the fight. <laughs> Way to rub it in, all right? Listen, I just, that was the last fight I'll ever lose. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> all right, I'll see you in the future, hopefully. And then I head through the door. All right. You head through the door, and it's as if the scene that's carved into the door is live and in front of you as you walk through the door. It's almost like a magical portal that takes you right there into this enormous banquet hall. Uh, there are creatures there the likes of which you've only heard of. There are giants, there are elves and dwarves and turtles and rabbit folk and dragonborn and tieflings and centaurs and eladrins and fearbogs and goblins and kobolds. Oh, every creature that you can even conceive of is all hanging out here. Even a couple of big tree ants, like three-story tall oaks in the middle of the room. They look like they're, they're playing some sort of game on a big table. And then you hear a chair smash, not 30 feet away from you. There's very few sounds I know better than a chair smash. I whip my head around to see if I can locate who hit who with a chair. Oh my God. It's a satyr, a part man, part goat creature, and uh, he's laying on the floor covered in chair parts, and he's being set upon by the beefiest orc you've ever seen and a bugbear that looks absolutely vicious. And the orc has just smashed this satyr, this smallish creature, smashed him with a chair, and then the bugbear is holding this huge barrel over his head, and he's intent on bringing it down upon the satyr. What do you do? 
I gotta do what I always do. I, I'm a man of passion and action. The, like, consequences be damned. That's why I'm in whatever afterlife this is. Uh, I look around. I'm gonna use, um, throw a thing. I pick up the biggest, like, canister of mead, whip it towards their head since they're too far away to, like, just punch them. All right, roll it. Throw a thing. Uh, oh, I hit an 18 on that. Nice. Uh, you chuck this full mug of mead and it hits the bugbear in the back of the head and gets him all wet. Ooh. And uh, it really dings his bell too because he drops the barrel on the ground next to him and he swings around and he turns and looks at you. And uh, there's no initiative need to be rolled here. These guys are gonna fight you. I'm gonna give you the first round as the orc comes charging toward you. Oh man, I can't, I can't die twice. So whatever happens, happens. <laughs> um, we're just gonna go. Oh, I get the first round. Yep. Can I use an ice cold point? Cause I want to do multiple hits. I'm going out like I've started. Um, and you know what? Ooh, here's what happens. I look around the, the banquet hall, right? I'm assuming there's a couple eyes on the fact that I'm about to, to fight an orc and a bugbear. Yeah. And I, I say, everybody, say it with me. What's cooler than being cool? What's cooler than being cool? And as everyone, as they, they start to clap, because <laughs> when you're drunk, you want to chant. I yell out, ice cold. And then I'm just going to hope this works. Oh. I pull out my club seat, and I want to just, like, whip it towards his head and oh my that's God. my first hit and if that works then what i want to do is drop kick him so i'm going to throw my club seat then i want to run and kick him in the chest all right so you start chanting and clapping your hands and uh these two stop for a second they don't just proceed to attack you because they're really wondering what the hell's going on <laughs> and the people the you know all of these uh ogres and and elves and dwarves and er, people that are all around drinking are now paying attention to you sure maybe they didn't all join in on the uh, what's cooler than being cool ice cold chant they're they're still figuring it out uh but you notice that the orc is getting way too close to you so you chuck your club seat just go ahead and use your club seat roll that okay here we go here we go here we go club seat 15, does that hit? It's an orc, that might not. That is gonna hit him. Let's go! He's not armored. Bam! Five points of bludgeoning damage. Five points of bludgeoning damage on the big fella. And since I use my ice cold point, that means I get four hits, correct? So three more? By using it as a bonus, I think that counts, because I naturally can use do two hits per turn now, and I think that gives me an additional two. Because you are a pro wrestler, I remember we set that up so you could use either an improvised weapon or an unarmed strike. So yeah, you can find, you can use your club seat. You know what, <laughs> we're just gonna club seat him again. Skadoosh! Nice. And that's, that's, it's a, it's not a natural 20, but a 21 nonetheless. So just another pink right on the knot. Nice, that is a hit. Another six hit points off. Uh, you got two more strikes. Oh boy, and like, I'm assuming he's like right up on me, isn't he? Uh, well, you're basically in his face pummeling him with this thing. If I was to Irish whip him or arm whip, could I do that? Like, I don't know, if, oh, is that a grapple consider so I have to do a strength check? To arm whip him, you have to grapple him. So you could use this attack yeah. to grapple him. And so if you roll your athletics or acrobatics, okay. which is pretty good for your for you, True. Uh, go ahead and roll that. Well, I was only asking because here's the thing. I thought I could do it all oh. in one motion. My idea was to 
whip him and then run after and drop kick him. But I don't. I couldn't do those both on the same turn. So it's you could do the uh, grapple if you are successful on the grapple, and then you could just whip him into a wall. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, use the momentum. He's kind of woozy. So uh, here goes. Come on, baby, give me something serious. I rolled a ten. He rolled a one. A one loses to a ten. Let's go. <laughs> Even with his bonus, uh, he almost got free from you. You grab him and you whip him into a wall. 2d4 plus 4. Listen, a 3 and a 4 makes a 7 plus 4. 11 more points of damage. Let's go. Oh, nice. Ice cold in the afterlife. You notice his nose is bleeding now. Uh, you've used all, all four of your attacks. The bugbear runs over to you and he says... Hey, hey, wait a minute now. Come on now. We don't mean any trouble. We're just goofing around. <laughs> well, when I goof around, I don't beat up satyrs with chairs, buddy. If you want to goof around, here's what you do. You get a you get a, a beard that's fake that looks like your deceased grandfather's, and then you lot of people who might stab you. That's a real man's <laughs> version of fun. <laughs> or my name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was just so ridiculous. Yeah, it works. Uh, it works. Cause he like he like he cocks his head to the side a little bit. He gets <laughs> obviously confused. And he says, Alright, wait, we don't want any trouble. I don't know what the hell that was, but we don't want any trouble. And he gets his friend and they walk away. Yeah, don't come back! Or I'ma give you the business twice, like it's a Sunday. I run over to the satyr who's all beat up and I, I try to like pick him up, dust him off. But, buddy, are you good? What the hell was that? He has uh, shaggy dark hair and a tight black goatee. He's wearing a scale male vest, but the scales aren't metal. They're like iridescent blue reptile or, or small dragon scales. It's a very flashy vest, and uh, he's got these l cool leather bracers uh, on his forearms. He is reaching as you help him up and dust him off. He goes and he reaches under a nearby table and he pulls out this hat. It kind of looks like a black cowboy hat and it's got this really long yellow feather that's kind of sticking out up the top and out the back. Well, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate the uh, rescue. Uh, anytime. Um, what, what, the, what the hell did you do to piss off those jerks? I mean, no offense, but... You don't look like you're much of a fighter. Oh, I was just trying to share the good word about Paracone. Who the heck is Paracone? Why, I am Paracone. I'm glad you asked. Would you mind if I buy you a liquid? I haven't had a drink in many a moon. Last time I had a drink was pre-stabbing, so I could use one. Sure, let's do it. What would you like? I am a sucker for a hot toddy. There's something about the mix of that dark liquor with a little bit of that apple spice. Oh, boy. Do, do they sell hot toddies in the afterlife? <laughs> you can get whatever you want here. He reaches over on the table, and there is like a silver pitcher that has been tipped over on its side, and it looks like it's empty. He grabs it, he lifts it up, and he grabs a mug and pours you a hot toddy out of this previously empty silver pitcher, and he hands it to you. I take a big whiff of those cinnamon sticks, like, oh, man. There are so many nights back at the monastery where the, the, the veteran wrestlers, they tell us stories, and I could just remember hearing all the biggest big fish stories while sipping one of these. This takes me back. Thank you, Paracone. 
Hey, the pleasure is all mine because I am also a wrestling fan. Uh, when you walked in the door, I said, that is Bunny DePain. That is ice cold, the slab monsoon, and I am not disappointed. <laughs> what? How did... I, I, listen, I, I, I've, my whole goal has been to be the biggest wrestler ever. I didn't know that Satters were out here in the afterlife watching my matches. I'm honored, man. Like, do you want an autograph? Do you want to see me do a backflip? <laughs> uh, yeah, do a backflip for me. Oh, heck yeah. Um, I look at like the like uh, at a beam near the table, and I just want to r- run up and go to the highest heights I can and backflip right onto the table. And the trick is, while still holding my hot toddy and not spilling a drop. All right. Roll an acrobatics check. Acrobatics check. Don't you roll a one? An 11. What does that do for me? <laughs> you spill your hot toddy. <laughs> but- I spilled the hot toddy. I'm sorry, Paracone. Like, I just died recently, man. My, like, motor skills ain't what they used to be. But listen, next one, the next hot toddy's on me, buddy. Yeah, do it. Do it well when it counts, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, ah, this is just a warm-up. You said, uh, do I want an autograph? And in a way, I kind of do. You see, I have an offer for you, Mr. Bunny DePayne. Oh, what I mean, you're a wrestling fan. Um, oh, the biggest wrestling fan. I mean, you won't find a bigger wrestling fan than Paracone. Uh, oh, cool, man. Uh, wh- what kind of deal you got going on, buddy? I'm glad you asked. Thanks. I- I'm a deity. I am a god. And I am not a big deal like the names everybody knows. Uh, Torm, Tiamat. <laughs> I've heard bad things about Torm, man. Uh. You could use a deity like me because I don't have hundreds of thousands of devout followers. I would have one. I'd have you. So just make sure I get... No offense. I... You... I... When you hear about how deities look, you know, there's usually, like, a lot of... Like, a lot of pomp and circumstance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're... I mean, and no offense, but I just thought the first time I meet a deity, he wouldn't be getting, like, his ass whooped by a bugbear and an ogre in a bar... And then he pulls out, like, a trilby. But that's just because maybe I don't understand how deities work. Are you evil? Like, I'm not trying to, like, have to, like, sacrifice, like, I don't know, puppies and stuff, no, man. No, 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 It's no. not really my bag. No, I'm not e- I'm not evil. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of neutral, really, if you want to b- put a name on it. Okay. Uh, and here's the thing. Yeah. Like, if you sign me on as your manager, because every wrestler needs a manager, am I right? That's true. I haven't had a manager before. That's true. I mean, dare I say, that might have been why you died, because you didn't have a manager. But anyway, I I digress. Here's the the deal. I'm your manager, uh, a deity, and your wrestling will bring people to your church... They will donate money, and yeah, you'll build up a bit of a temple for Paracon. I mean, it's a win-win, really. So I'd be wrestling as a form of worship? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, look, deities get power based on the number of followers they have. Okay. You know, they give Paracon a little uh, little of the credit, and uh, 
Next thing you know, you know, you're blessed by a deity. Okay. Maybe I name my, my finisher like the Paracone Slam or something. Doesn't really matter. As long as you get asses in the seats. You put okay. butts in the okay. seats. And listen, butts in seats is what I do, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, but what, what do I get out of this? The, really, the big thing is that I can bring you back. Wait. Like to life? I can put you back into the material plane. You're serious? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put you back in your old body. That thing is toast. Uh, but no, I can put you back, yeah. I'm in. My friends need me, man. Yeah, you're darn tootin' they do. <laughs> I mean, you should see the pickle they found themselves in just now. Wait, what? Yeah, they'll have to explain some things to you. It's not pretty. Whatever we need to do, I'm, I will do it. I'm not gonna let them go into this, whatever they're in alone. All right, cool. Uh, go ahead and sign this form. You don't have to read it. It's all just boilerplate. Uh, just, uh, the reason, like, he's, that he paused for a second, because he's heard all the, like, worst tales of people signing, like, wrestling contracts after a night of drinking and, like, them getting screwed over. But I'm just like, you know what? It's, it's the difference between being dead and not dead. Fuck it, I'm gonna let it ride. And then I just signed the paper and, like, take me back. One last thing I should have mentioned. Look, uh, Crow Island is going to be really great for a deity like Paracone, uh, but there is already a deity that has a bit of a hold on Crow Island. And honestly, we kind of overlap in some ways. Uh, it's The deity is Lara, the Queen of Lies. Have you heard of her? Lara, the Queen of Lies? I, I have... Definitely not heard of Lara the Queen of Lies. Goddess of Deceit. Goddess of Deceit. Uh, do, do you know who worships her? Uh, I don't. Whoever worships the Queen of Deceit has got to be putting on some pretty heavy-duty lies down there. So, uh, you know, it shouldn't be hard to figure it out. A lot of stuff hasn't, like, made sense since we have came to Crow Island. Okay. All right. I'm in. Yeah, just figure out who's worshiping Lara, the queen of deceit, the goddess of deception. Lara, the uh, the uh, the lady of lies. I don't know. I'm making them up now. But anyway, if you find out Lara, okay. who is doing that, and then uncover those lies. That's the best thing. Uh, sunlight is the best cure for bullshit. That's, yeah. I mean, I should know. Uh, one of my things is deception, uh, but not you. Wait, not wait, wait, you. wait, 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 you just said one of your things is deception after you told me to, yeah, it's too late. I signed the paper. You did. And you should have led with, I guess that's why you didn't leave with it. The deception part. This is on me. Paracone, you're a, you're a tricky duck, sir. I am honored to be your manager and deity, and I will see you on the material plane. And he boops you on the snoot. Oh, no. And then it goes dark. Whoa. Do I... I, it's just like how it started. I'm back to nothingness. You're back to nothing, but not for long. Okay. Because suddenly you open your eyes and you see the pickle that the rest of the Whoop Whoop troop has gotten themselves into. And that is the end of this episode of the Valley of Green Gold. Hi. Tremendous, man. And that is episode 42 of the Valley of Green Gold. The thrilling finale conclusion to Cult Busters, the rated RPG monthly D&D livestream adventure, happens on Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. It's a Twitch livestream. You'll have a lot of fun if you've never been. Go to ratedrpgpodcast.com to catch up on the livestream archives and to join us on December 19th to see if quality Meltron, Lamarian Sniffed, Debrickashaw Frocks, 
and Colonel Jesper Quickload are able to save the world from impending apocalypse. Then, on Tuesday, January 30th, we embark on a brand new monthly livestream adventure. Our pal Nick will be Dungeon Master, and Aaron, Brad, Dion, Emery, and myself will be playing brand new characters. That will be the last Tuesday of each month beginning on January 30th, unless otherwise noted. We really appreciate being connected with you because making rated RPG is a labor of love. And if you enjoy it, hey, we've got something in common. So the best place to do that is the rated RPG Discord server. You can gain access to it by becoming a Patreon supporter at any tier or level, including free. And you can also just ask us and we'll invite you into the Discord server. RatedRPGpodcast.com is the place to go to get in touch with us. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for making Rated RPG happen. Christian Go, Risky Business, Alex Shermerhorn, and Johnny Garlic. The rations and adventuring gear are much appreciated. Thank you. Many thanks to the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. Members in good standing include Mage, Jerry Vite, and Elizabeth Parcells. All hail the GPB. Thank you to Lord Deputy Chris Fail for sending some loot to the Whoop Whoop Troop. They'll be rolling on the table of potentially decent random stuff in our next session. The Wizard Weary, Duke of Lux, has also issued a gift to the adventurers. And the Duke's Turtle and Crow provided some for Bunny DePain in this episode through his grandfather. Uh, thank you, Lord Deputy and Dukes for your support. The Merchant Harbor Gazette tier gets to be featured in game as headlines in the Merchant Harbor Gazette, and we've got some coming up in our next session. But in the meantime, thank you Super Justin 64, Sean Duncan, Spidey Mouse, Jackson Wynn, and Brian Smallberries for supporting local journalism in your own magnificent ways. Uh, but alas, not all happenings on Crow Island are good news. We've had a bit of a hiccup with Resurrections recently. The place that we usually get them done, the repository, has closed until further notice. So we got a couple of full buckets on standby. Still, Velociraptor and Jedi are going to do what they do. You can't stop those two. They recently went into the mines because things have been pretty quiet since the last earthquake, but it was their decision to ride an abandoned minecart down an unknown track that led them to derail and plummet to their doom into a chasm. Now, we weren't able to recover any of the pieces from the mine disaster that they, they put themselves into, but they both have pieces on file because they're frequent flyers. So uh, that should do the trick. As soon as Schmoopy is back in business, that is, on behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>